You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, hey, everybody. It's Ed Stetzer here, and we're continuing our series in the book of Philippians. So thankful that we can walk through this together. So thankful for the family that is Calvary. And um, that's a lot we're going to talk about today is the honor of serving together. The honor of serving together. Our text is from Philippians chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look here at this passage, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through uh, 24. Verses 19 through 24 is what we're going to be focused on. And as we go through this, we'll actually, uh, it's actually, it's going to be more to it than it may sound as I as I read it, okay? So let's take a look. Here's actually the passage. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may too be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Okay, so this passage is actually what's part of what's called the travelogue, which doesn't sound like a particularly fascinating passage. Let's be honest. If you've read this passage before, you probably just passed right by it. Um, Like a lot of times it says, you know, send so-and-so or have someone bring the books. And we kind of pass through those. Nobody probably has this on a a little... uh, a memory card. You probably don't have this on a plaque on your wall. This is not something that you walk through, but uh, walk through normally and like find incredible meaning in. But all scripture is inspired by God. So there's a reason this is here. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul writes it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And for us, the truth that's contained here is something we don't want to just rush past. There's things here that really do matter. Now, again, you can you can get a picture for that and see the fullness of that when we kind of walk through this text, right? So as we go through the text, we'll look through and look at this just little by little. But my theme today is going to be that uh, partners of character, partners of character are key to our gospel journey, our joyful gospel, um, our joyful gospel journey together. So partners of character. Remember, Paul's, we got to kind of remind ourselves throughout this whole thing. So remember at the very beginning, uh, Paul's actually, uh, we know he's, he actually mentions Timothy at the beginning. Um, and in doing so, he's reminded too that he's in prison. He needed others to help him serve the Lord and the churches together. So, so in this section called the travelogue, um, it's, it's, it's here uh, looking at a point that I think Paul is also making. We want to see what's Paul trying to say under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What's his point? Because there's all kinds of fascinating parallels in this passage uh, describing it actually similar to uh, Jesus' work, right? We actually see, because remember Philippians chapter 2 at the beginning specifically talks about Jesus and talks about Jesus' work and selfless ambition. and, And here we find some of this repeated as well. 
right? So for example, um, you, we saw Jesus as the example in Philippians 2, 5 and following. Here the examples are going to be Timothy and Epaphroditus. I'm going to talk about Epaphroditus next time. Um, but the, he talks about the problem of selfish ambition. Here in verse 21, he talks about how people just seek their own interests. He talks about how Jesus became a servant in verse 7. Here, Timothy served in the gospel. Uh, Christ poured out for a sacrifice, and then we find out later, we'll talk about this next week, uh, soon, uh, next time, that Epaphroditus almost died for the work of Christ. So there's clearly a pattern that Paul is drawing on. This is not just the travelogue, because another reason, usually the travelogue's put at the end. You know, it's do this, or say hi to so-and-so, and greet the people in their home. But here it's in the middle. So, because um, part of the problem is they were too concerned with their own interests, and so Paul shows them someone who's concerned with the interests of others, Jesus first, and then and we have this great um, theological work on Christ's uh, humility to put, uh, to put, you know, to, to lay down his life for us, and then it's put on display through Timothy and Epaphroditus. Uh, now, Timothy, for a little background. Paul led Timothy to Christ in Acts 14 on the first missionary journey, and now they've become partners in the ministry. In Acts 16, the second missionary journey, he added Timothy to the team. So now, remember, keep as we're walking through this, right? So after explaining the amazing truth of the of the incarnation, of the of the kenosis, you can go back and listen to the last few weeks if those words are unfamiliar with you. Um, with the kenosis, he then says, right, uh, that tying it up, he uses examples. Okay, so have this attitude in yourselves who is also in Christ Jesus. Oh, let me tell you about Timothy. Let me tell you about Epaphroditus. These are the examples that Paul is calling the people at Philippi to be like. Uh, he's using them as illustrations right in the middle of the travelogue, in the middle of the book, uh, illustrations of what he talked about in Philippians chapter 2. So these two men are the examples, and that's what we're going to look at today as we're going to build uh, from there. Now let's take a look first at number one on our outline, is we need others to provide encouragement. We need others to provide encouragement. Now I want you to look at what Paul says here, right? So he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. Remember, partners of character are key for our joyful gospel journey together. So what we find here is, and we don't want to miss this, right, is that um, Paul is using Timothy as an example, a good, powerful example. We see that specifically in the text. He, he actually says uh, that I want to come to you. I want this to, to um, I, want to, I want to send Timothy to you soon so that something will come to me, I may be cheered by the news of you. So again, a reminder, Paul was imprisoned, um, separated. Today, you know, we experience separation in different ways and different realities, but still separation, right? There's uh, unnecessary friction in the church. Paul hoped to see encouragement in a couple of ways, that Timothy would encourage them. His I too is really, you know, I too is emphatic implying that the uh, Philippians, they'd be encouraged, right? You'll be encouraged. Then I, too, Paul would be cheered, um, have a good psyche, you know, it's literally, or in a sense, it is well with my soul, when he brought news back to Paul about the church at Philippi. So people, it's interesting because, um, you know, that's what true friends do. So Paul has a true friend, a partner in the ministry in Timothy, a partner in the ministry 
in Timothy. And it's a really powerful picture of what's going on here. Um, Paul couldn't be present, but Timothy could be present for him. And because of their wonderful partnership and relationship, right? So now remember too, he's been dropping hints along the way about their disunity, about their pride. So now he's telling them the really hope to send Timothy to hear things are going well. So now keep in mind, so Paul's both a theologian and a gospel preacher, really a brave soldier of the cross. Here we see a skill as a leader as well. So rather than fuming about what he can't do because he's in prison, um, he administered a vital connection and through kind of the people he was mentoring, his protégés, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And he says, so he says to the church of Philippi, I hope in the Lord, here's again, um, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. Okay, so now I, I, love, I love this because, I mean, you've used kind of language like this sometimes as well. So we're actually talking to our middle daughter. We're gonna, uh, the family's going away for a little while. And for a few days, our middle daughter, who's 18, will be home alone. It's not the first time she's been home alone. So, but we had this conversation with her and, um, and, and, and we said, uh, I really hope it's gonna go well when you're staying by yourself for these few days. Oh, it'll be fine, dad. It'll be fine, mom. And our response is, no, I really hope that it's gonna be fine. And it's kind of what Paul's saying, right? Again, look at the text. I hope in the Lord Jesus sent Timothy to you, to you soon so that I too may be cheered of good news to you. And I would say to my daughter, when I come home, I too want to be cheered that there's nothing broken in my house. We've turned off the lights. We haven't left the water run and flood the house. You know, those kinds of things that you're concerned about. So Paul is sending Timothy with this hope and this clear sense that he will be um, that he'll be encouraged by the news he receives. And really, Paul wants to evaluate and assess the church at Philippi, the Christians there, uh, to really see if you know, kind of the state of the church. It's a good thing to do the state of the church every once in a while. And that's ultimately what um, what's happening here. I love the way they put it in the King, way it goes in the King James Version. It, it, it says this. It says that I also may be proud of good comfort I may be of good comfort when I know your state. I want to be of good comfort when I know the situation. So evaluation is a good thing. Um, Paul sending church and uh, Timothy to church in some ways to evaluate it. And, um, and, and and I would say too, this is a good reminder for us as Calvary Church. You know, it's good to look at where we are and where we're going for the future and to say, all right, what do we need to uh, take those next steps? And Paul's saying, I really want this to be a positive thing. Now, I want you to know, that Paul always didn't say positively uh, that it would be a positive experience. Take a look with me at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will found out. I, I will found out not the talk of those arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod, or shall I come to you with a spirit of gentleness? You want more of what ultimately um, Paul said Timothy was going to do, that I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered of news of you. And again, this is a loving parent speaking to a child. As I'm saying to my daughter, I hope that when I come home, everything's still working, nothing's broken, and it's going to be ultimately fine. And I think that's a good place for us to begin because Paul has this great relationship with Timothy. But kind of as I go through this text, I, I don't want to just there's another recurring theme, if, if you will, it's already in the background of the text. Uh, there's what's going on in the text itself, 
And then there's the relationship that Paul and Timothy has, which is reflected in other texts. So, because remember I told you the theme is partners of character are key to our joyful gospel journey together. So, um, so listen to how Paul talks about Timothy, right? He, there's a very specific situation, but listen to how Paul talks about Timothy. Because again, I'm going to see number two in our outline. Uh, we need others to portray earnestness. And this is what happens with Paul and Timothy. He says this, for I have no one like him. This is the picture of earnestness. Um, he'll be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And I, 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 I love this part of this passage as, as well. And what I would say is it's so key for us not to miss because this kind of relationship that Paul and Timothy had is a beautiful kind of picture of this mentor and mentee, right? It's someone who's speaking, Paul's speaking into his life like a father and a son. They have this proven relationship of proven worth and value. And, uh, you know, and so much of life is, is caught more than taught. And Paul had ministered with Timothy, and Timothy had caught a lot from Paul, and Paul now hoped Timothy would spread that to the church at Philippi. So it's really a beautiful picture of this ultimate hope that he has, right? So uh, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Or we hear this phrase right at the beginning, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Or look at 1 Corinthians 4.17. This is why I sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So there's a lot going on here that is, um, it's, it's, it's in the text, but let me say it's not directly, it's kind of behind the text. The relationship with Paul and Timothy is a recurring theme that people still talk about today. Um, Paul, Paul says some pretty remarkable things about him. He literally says, I have no one like him. That's a close relationship in the Lord. Literally, they're like-minded, of the same mind is how it would literally be translated. And that's a, a really important picture for us not ultimately to miss. And one of the things, if you've been around church for a while, you actually notice that sometimes people will use um, names of people to sort of symbolize a, a significant relationships. So, Somebody is a Barnabas. We haven't even talked about Barnabas here, but if somebody's a Barnabas, that means he's an encourager because Barnabas was really an encouraging person in the Bible. Uh, if someone's a Judas, you probably don't want that description to be uh, of you. Um, but here, what we find here is, is uh, this Paul and Timothy relationship. So Howard Hendricks, I was thinking about Howard Hendricks this week. I did an event with the Hendricks Center at Dallas Seminary this week on angry culture and how do we minister in the midst of an angry time. But Howard Hendricks said this, he said, every believer needs a Paul, a mentor, or kind of a father, a mother or father in the faith, uh, and, a, and a Timothy, a son, a prodigy, a daughter, or a mentee, and a Barnabas, an encourager. And I will tell you that, that I have, uh, over the course of my life, always had a Paul, several people that I look to and they speak into my life, and I'm not, I'm not the, the most significant person in that relationship or friendship. I'm not the mentor. I'm the mentee. And... I think we all need somebody like that in our lives. Thank God for them. And I have people in my life that I am mentoring. I, I literally have a mentee that I mentor on a regular basis. So you, you, you know, you've, Josh Laxton's actually come and uh, preached, and you've heard, you've heard Josh preach. Um, and uh, I, I've actually, you know, I meet with Josh, and 
and uh, he talks about it, so it's not a secret. And we kind of go through here's areas he wants to grow, right? So I, I want to say, and not just Josh, but others. I created a whole group of that as well, and also a Barnabas. Uh, sometimes I'm a Barnabas. Sometimes I'm, I receive others as well. But here with Paul and Timothy, it's more than a um, professional relationship, right? There's a intimate, real, vital connection. And, you know, most research tells us, you know, I used to run LifeWay Research. Most research tells us that Americans are some of the most lonely people on earth. And actually people in cities are often some of the most lonely people. And you compound that with the current state of the coronavirus where here we are in New York going through new challenges. And, and we hear both, uh, both, both, both the governor and the mayor talking about new restrictions. And we like more restrictions on top of the restrictions. We're already lonely near each other. And we're talking about being being alone together. What does that mean? There's just a sense of loneliness. And this is the kind of relationship that I think all of us need. Uh, we want to be able to say something about the joy and the privilege and honor of serving with somebody, right? Uh, one of the recurring themes you'll see in uh, movies and television shows is one person will turn to the other person and say, it's been an honor serving with you, usually when they're about to die, right? There's usually some sense that this is it and uh, this is the end and the bombs are about to fall or the spaceship's about to crash or they're about to go into battle. And they turn to one another and they say, it's been an honor serving with you. Now, um, we, we see in, again, the, the passage where that might come from, right? So I actually had a, a video uh, put together that, uh, again, I know that, uh, I know that um, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't go to movies. We don't go to movies because we're Christians. But I, I had some people, someone put together, some of them might have seen some of these movies from certain genres. And I thought it interesting how frequently the phrase, it's been an honor serving with you, actually appears. It was an honor, sir. No, the honor is still mine. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out! We roll. It's been a pleasure serving with you, Commander. The honor's all mine, Andy. It's an honor serving with you, Captain. The honor was mine. Gentlemen. It has been a privilege playing with you tonight. Serving with you has been an honor. The honor was mine, Captain. Gentlemen, it's been an honor serving with you. Gentlemen. been a privilege flying with you. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a recurring cultural theme that, that um, and you can see it over and over again. Why? Because the world has this like shadow understanding that something like Paul and Timothy, but even more than that, something like the people of God together. Listen, um, Calvary, we're we're in a journey together. We're on this joyful journey, this gospel partnership, right? And and one of the, th the whole theme of this message is partners of character are key 
to our joyful gospel journey together. And I want you and I want me to live in a kind of church community that when we're on this journey together, maybe we'll move one other place. You know, we, we know people move in and out in the city. We get that. Um, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll we'll engage in different conversations and different relationships over the year. But I, I want us to be able to say that in 2020, 2021 that, and beyond, that at Calvary, we could turn to one another and say, man, that was a hard time, but it's an honor serving with you. What a great time and opportunity we had. And, and tell stories about, you know, you know, remember when we had the building and then all that stuff and then we moved out and then there was coronavirus and then we couldn't meet, and but we stuck together. We, we built a deeper friendship, a deeper relationship. And you can turn to them and say, it's been an honor serving with you. Because here's the reality. I, I don't want our time at Calvary to be that we turn to one another and says, yeah, I mean, it's been an honor kind of complaining about the fact that we didn't have everything we thought we should have. It kind of been, it's been an honor. It's been nice being with you, but you know, we really didn't like this or really didn't like that. And, and, and what I would say is been, you know, it's been good to complain about the music with you. Or it's been to complain about the challenges we're in right now. No, no, no. That's not what the, what, what the world sees this, what the world sees as a shadow and a fiction is actually a reflection of God's joyful gospel partnership that's reflected in the text and the people of the New Testament that should be reflected to us today. And let me just say, speaking of that, because I know you look at the New Testament, we all do, and we kind of idealize the New Testament. The only people idealize the New Testament are people who haven't read the New Testament because, boy, they got all kinds of problems, right? I mean, remember how many times Paul has sort of said, hey, and he's actually going to name names of some divisive people in the church. We're going to get to that soon. But I want you not to miss, this is the kind of gospel partnership we need and we want at Calvary. This is the way we want it to be together, but it takes effort. It takes us walking on that journey together, and that's what Paul and Timothy had. Okay, um, we need to... Um, no, we need to go on. We need to go on because I, I got I got more to say, but I keep going too long, and uh, and then you're nice and say go as long as you want, but we got it, we got it, we got to move on. And I'm looking forward. We're gonna have a conversation. I'll be on the Zoom together. I'll share some more then. I got more to say, and I'll share more of that when we get uh, to the Zoom conversation. But let, let's go on to the third point here. Just walking through the text, because um, we we need others to prevent egotism, right? So here it says the specifically it says for. We, they all seek their own interests, uh, not those of Jesus Christ. Because remember, partners of character, partners of character are key to our joyful gospel journey together. So unlike those who kind of sought their own interests, right, um, Timothy was always seeking others. And that's the kind of place we want to be. That's the kind of person we want to be. So Timothy, by example, following Paul's example, uh, one, the key way to present, prevent egotism or self-centeredness is um, by caring more for the interests of others and focusing on Jesus. Ego is never the way of the cross, never the way of the cross. We see this over and over again. We actually see this back in the earlier passage, right? Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others as more important, than, more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So that's seeking the good of others and, and following Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things uh, will be added to you. Seek, right? Seek out. Seek their own interests. Seek means to investigate. It carries the idea of willful choice. Seeking one's own interest, um, not Christ, must be controlled, confronted, and more. And the, the church at Philippi, the, the, the Philippians, they had a, a self-centeredness 
that motivated Paul to first discuss Jesus' humility, right? First discuss Jesus' humility, and then to even point out that there are people who seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, right? So, so, so what, what Paul is saying here for us is, 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 is ultimately there's a, there's a different way. There's a better way, right? So Paul's saying they seek their own interests, who are they? Well, we he doesn't give specifically. He names some names later. We know he was talking about people seeking their own interests earlier, but it's a strong contrast to Timothy, who's serving together, honored to serve together with Paul, and hopefully the church at Philippi. So remember how the progression is moving through the book, right? It's talks about having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, then gives the example of Christ in the kenosis, uh, then gives the example of Timothy here. Next, next time we're going to look at Epaphroditus. But the point is, there's a better way. And the better way is not making it about yourself. And can I just tell you, if Calvary's going to thrive, and I believe it is, I believe God's got a plan exceeding abundantly beyond all we might ask or think, it's going to be not because we pulled apart, demanded our own interests, uh, kind of advocated for our own needs, but because we pulled together and we like Paul and Timothy said, it's an honor to, to serve with you. So we see in this passage, again, the contrast is they seek their own interests, and we need a better way, a different way, a gospel way. And, and, and again, that's the picture that, that he's pointing to. Now, again, we're going to talk more about this after, after church in particular. I want to talk about some specific ways, and right when we come back after church, we're going to talk about some specific ways that we can build up the privilege we have to serving one another. Okay, this is sort of, so I don't have all the time, I, I, I could cover all this. We're going to do that in the after church Zoom. So join us in that. It's going to be super helpful. Information is there uh, at the website as well, at the Calvary website as well. Okay, so, so number four, and finally, we're going to look through the last thing, is we need others with proven experience, with proven experience. And um, again, remember, partners of character are central to our joy in the gospel together. So now it gets to this um, proven experience, this proven experience. It's Philippians chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 22 and going all the way to verse 24. Let me, let me just read it here so we can take a look at it together. It says this. It says, but you know Timothy's proven worth. So they know him. They're aware of him, right? How as a son with a father, right? So talking about the Timothy and Paul relationship, he has served with me in the gospel. Don't miss that. Serve with me in the gospel. Can I say, Calvary, I'm excited about the fact that in eternity, we're going to talk about 2020 and 2021 and who knows, and we're going to say, man, we serve together in the gospel. We, what an honor to serve alongside sisters and brothers at Calvary in the gospel. So Paul says of Timothy, it says, he served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. Now, he doesn't know, right? He doesn't know what's going to happen. And he says, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come to you. So, okay, perfect, beautiful picture, right? So uh, the proven worth of Timothy is in his um, faithfulness. And proven means to be put to the test. It's used of James of the believer who's steady under trial, who stands the test. Let, let, let's take a look at this in James. It's James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And right now, Calvary's in a time of trial. 
I mean, not not like it's it's. I mean, some of us have been through personal trials. You have been, uh, others. But as a congregation, we're in a challenging time. You know, a lot of part of my ministry at the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center is I help pastors kind of navigate through some of the complexity of this time with a podcast and Facebook lives and I don't know articles. But can I just tell you, um, right now, uh, all kinds of churches around the world are in a time of trial. And what happens here is, will we pull together as family or will we pull apart as maybe customers? And this, I want you not to miss this, right? Because what we found in a lot of churches, um, you know, I just had a conversation just before this message. And um, in a lot of churches, they're telling me that the church is fragmenting, right? And um, people are pulling apart rather than pulling together. Not all, um, maybe not most, but a lot. And one of the things that my prayer is, is that God would use Philippians in your life, my life, in our church, so that we can look to someone with proven experience, like a Timothy or like followers of Jesus. You know, we talked earlier about elders and deacons, staff, uh, key leaders, um, and, and you know, I got, what, what a privilege I got to meet some of you at uh, Hunter College. And, and I know there's lots more of you I haven't met. Remember, nobody gets left behind. We're in this together. We're walking this journey together. Because we see this in the way um, the way Paul talks about Timothy. Look, look here. It says, "To Titus, my true child in the common faith, grace and peace from the Father, uh, from uh, grace and peace from God, from the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ." Listen to the value he speaks about coworkers. He says of Timothy, because we're going to come back to those coworkers. To Timothy, um, talk, talks about how this picture that Philippians two seven he made himself nothing. Right, took on the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men. Who's he talking about there? Jesus. Who's the example that he's giving? Uh, Timothy. But there are other coworkers: Titus, Epaphroditus, and lots of others. So what we see is, and I don't want us to miss, is ultimately the example that he's giving is actually the example of Timothy, Titus, Epaphroditus. Um, one of my uh, one of my PhD dissertation questions, not dissertation, I mean my, what do they call those, comp, my comprehensive exams was, um, that I studied for and turned out to be on the exam, was to list all of the partners that Paul, beloved partners that Paul had in ministry. He actually expected the churches to send people to come alongside and work with him. And I won't give them all to you right now because we don't have time, but I would say to you this, sisters and brothers, um, when we look at the partners of character, Paul, Timothy, right? Epaphroditus will soon too. I mentioned Titus, I mentioned others. Partners of character are central to our joy in the gospel together. Here's the reality. 10 years from now, 50 years from now, maybe we'll be with the Lord. Um, I want you in that great heavenly reunion to turn to somebody in our years at Calvary and say, it was an honor to serve with you, that we serve the Lord that we made a difference, we cared for the hurting, we showed and shared the love of Jesus, we ministered to our neighbors, we, we shared the gospel, and ultimately, yeah, it was challenging in 2020, yikes, and 2021, who knows? It was challenging, but it was an honor to serve together for the cause of Christ and for his gospel. Sisters and brothers, partners of character are central to our joy in the gospel together. As we pray, can I pray both that we might pray for our partners in the gospel, the fellow journeyers that are the members of Calvary, but also that we might be that kind of person who's a partner in the gospel, not a customer of the religious goods and services distributed at Calvary, but a co-laborer serving alongside 
And sisters and brothers, I'm honored to serve alongside with you. Let's make sure that's our focus as we walk through these times, looking at the example of Paul, yes, but Timothy, who's reflecting the character of Christ in Philippians chapter 2. Epaphroditus we'll talk about soon as well. And in doing so, this travelogue is much more than a travelogue, biblical truths that shape how we relate to one another in hard times. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for the example of Timothy. Thank you for the inspired word of God that this is not just a, I'm going to send somebody to see you, but even here, we see the partners of character are central to our joy in the gospel together. Father, I pray that we might be that kind of partner, that we might be the kind of person that somebody turns to, who knows, years from now, maybe in heaven, and says, it was an honor to serve with you at Calvary in 2020. We might turn to others and say, it was an honor to serve with you at Calvary in 2020. And the joy of our gospel partnership might keep us together and keep us on mission. For it's in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. For more information, to connect, make a prayer request, or make a contribution, go to our website at www.cbcnyc.org or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue to Tell It From Calvary.